Test one, two, three. Check one, check two, check three. All righty. I'm ready when you are. Let's do it. All right. Do my intro back and then the welcome back, right? Hey guys, in today's episode, we dish out a few spicy takes, talk about movies that made us cry, and we talk about our 757 local league. Welcome back. You're here with the coach and commish. I'm Chris. Sean to my right. And uh, today, we uh, I'm sad because I lost you in our local <laughs> league matchup. You're yeah, like- we, we got divisions started. We'll talk about that later, but uh, yeah, I, I put a little whooping on you. Yeah, don't. Not, not only did you put a whooping on me, your Dolphins put a, a great comeback whooping on the Ravens. Woo, that was some exciting football to watch. Sorry, that, Kalana brothers. That is, <laughs> I mean, that's up there for best Dolphins game I've ever watched in my life. For I sure. couldn't, I couldn't believe it happened. And it was, I, I couldn't either. I had switched to Red Zone. I was done with the Dolphins. Luckily, Red Zone <laughs> continued to show the Dolphins because they kept scoring in the fourth quarter. Well, and it was, it was great on two fronts. From a back and forth game there, I mean, especially a comeback game, but also fantasy relevancy. Yeah. And that starts off one of our spicy takes coming off of week two. <laughs> I'm going to give this to you. What's our first spicy take of week two? So Tua will be a quarterback one this year. Ooh. So I'm not saying that's a spicy take. We're going to lay it out there. We're both going to discuss whether we – but I think it's something that people will, will put out there. So we got to kind of give our thoughts on it. Um, before I go into it, though, I do want to – talk a little bit more about my Dolphins and just um, I think the best part about it was seeing Tua actually go win a game like Mm -hmm. that you don't think you're going to win and then the quarterback just you know balls out and (laughs) I mean six touchdowns I mean there's not many quarterbacks that can do that so I was obviously Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle help that case but it just makes me you know a lot more confident that we can actually hang with some of these big um, offenses when we play and our coach, I mean, I, that was what I was most concerned about. And so far, the players look bought in. And if this is where they're at already with this system, I'm pretty excited where, where it can go. It, it's, it was the fearlessness, <clears throat> not only the quarterback, but the play calling. We talked Mike McDaniels, uh, young guy, proving himself that he is not fearless. They, Tua threw what, two picks early on in the first three quarters, yep. going deep, missing. Yeah, right? but I'd rather see that, like throw it deep. It was still fearless because after those things happen, some play callers say we got to bring this back. Yeah. You know, we're not going to keep going. No, he just kept going downfield yeah. and was aggressive and trusted to, uh, to make the right decisions. He allowed him to correct his errors. Yeah. And that, that's a fun part. Uh, through two weeks, I think that Miami's offense is only going to get better as the weeks go on. I mean, the run game has been awful, and that's where he specializes mm-hmm. in. So I think they're still kind of working that out. And if they can get that run game going, then, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Where his it can name be. is Chase Edmonds, just personally. <laughs> just make it work with him. But you talk about QB1. Let's look at some of the names right now that are above them that I think that you know Tua could bypass. And this at the isn't end of the fantasy year. we're saying. So no. fantasy top twelve quarterback this end of this season is kind of what the take is. So go ahead and give me some names here. So do you see him finishing higher or lower than Joe Burrow at the end of the year? That's a tough one. It seems like that offensive line is not fixed, um, which is an odd one. But I think they'll figure it out, and I, I would I would still take Joe Burrow over him. It's like seventy four million that they put on the offensive line; and they can't block it. Uh, the, what helps is Trey Lance and Dak Prescott are now kind of out of the question of those, you know, finishing in that top twelve. So that kind of opens up a spot for Tua. So go ahead and continue. Okay, so 
Matthew Stafford, usually someone right on the bottom tier of a QB1 in the 8 through 12 range. I th- I think the two has the possibility to pass him in, in fantasy. So, like, if I was – you know, taking a shot on a guy to be starting, I think it'd probably be Tua just for the explosiveness um, that that you can get with those two wide receivers. Tom Brady, ooh, he's ranked about right now. I mean, it's it's rough right now. If he gets his full weapons back sooner rather than later, I still think Brady beats him out. But I mean, if there continues to be these injuries, you can't expect Tom Brady, this you know statue quarterback, to be able to you know handle. Um, finding these guys. I mean, he's throwing, they signed Cole Beasley now. Like, I mean, that's what they're dealing with right now. So what about Russell Wilson? I think Russ is going to figure it out. So that's the name I was waiting for you to say. And I do think Russ will finish ahead of him. But so I guess to me, it's not that spicy of a take. I think Mm -hmm. that Tua absolutely can finish as a QB one this year. It's an unknown because we haven't seen him do it as in like put out consistent passing numbers like this. And I don't think that it's Tua himself. I just think that with those two, I mean, you're talking possibly the two fastest wide receivers in the NFL on the same team. And that's what happened in that game is they doubled Tyreek Hill, and then he just started throwing the ball to Waddle, and it worked. And then finally they were like, well, we can't just double Tyreek. We got this other guy on the other side, and then blown coverage. There's Tyreek streaking down the sideline. We're not claiming that Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are the best wide receiver duos we've ever seen. We're saying they're the fastest. Yeah. And the numbers could produce where we could say – Maybe that at the I end mean, of the I mean, they year, broke a record this week. They, I mean, you can't you two, can't look past that, you know. Two both wide receivers with two touchdowns and over 150 yards. That's never happened before. People so. were reacting, oh, don't call them. They're the best two. I was like, well, they're the fastest, <laughs> and if the ball can get to them, the numbers will back up. Maybe they could be one of the top three wide receiver duos of all time. But uh, I, I I like that spicy take. I might take a I might take a, sp- a spoonful of that spice there. All right, and then let's move on to Derrick Henry. Um, mm. This is kind of a sadder spicy take. Throwing but some throwing some water now on this one. It's been a it's been a rough rough start for Derrick Henry, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Is is Henry done? Like, and I don't mean will I think he has fantasy value. There's no way he's going to just completely fall off. But being an RB1 in fantasy football to carry your team, is that dream dead now with what we're seeing in Tennessee? Oh, yeah, I think it's dead. I think he's going to be an RB2, not an RB1. Wait, wait, wait. I thought I was taking the negative side. Oh, Uh-oh. I'm just changing. Uh, <laughs> no, he will get all the touches because they've got nobody on that offense. A.J. Brown being gone has really hurt him. It and has. What's, what's the other option if I'm Tennessee? Uh, well, Derrick Henry has to get the ball again. Yeah. It's going to probably be that the – three yards and a dust thing then you know look back you're like oh snap he gave me 20 points because he got a touchdown and he kept getting three yards of carry it might not be that sexy run where you see him 99 yards running down the field he's dealing with probably 11 man boxes let's just be honest there's nobody for defenses respect on the outside yeah i think that i don't think he's done um i guess i'll kind of give the positive spin on it i i trust that coaching staff to figure it out vrabel's a fantastic coach I think if they can figure out some offensive line problems, now if Taylor Lewan is really out for a while, that's going to hurt. But I think that they can figure this out and that Derrick Henry will be good again. I I think that ceiling is gone now where he was going to be that league winner. To me, he was one of those three of Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and uh, Derrick Henry that could, you know, easily be the running back one. And I don't, I just don't see that anymore with what we've seen. do you think the injuries are ca- caught up to him now? Is it more like you expected to be the only thing in Tennessee? Yeah, I think it's less on actually Derrick Henry and the injury or getting older and all the carries and more on the offensive line. And then as you talked about, the, he 
defenses know that he's the offense, and no matter how good a running back you are, if you're getting hit in the backfield every play, it's you just can't do it. Especially his style of run, he needs that head of steam. He needs to get you know going before he's not going to be you know your play around in the backfield, Reggie Bush. He, he needs to get going. So yeah, he does. It's so sad. He's it's, a stud, and we're, we might be seeing the done days. Yeah. All right, and then I'm going to throw it to you here. This is your boy um, before season, but this is a real spicy one. Do you, you think it's possible? Amonra St. Brown will be a top five wide receiver. All right. Year. I mean, I, he's there right now. so he's, he's there right now. I think it's, and this is a Vikings fan perspective, this was like an Adam Thielen-esque year a couple years ago where he was getting 100-plus yards a game with some touchdown production, but he had like this long streak that propelled him to the wide receiver one status that we all fell in love with in fantasy. St. Brown's like that, but more talented in my opinion. And he's right now until Jamison Williams, a rookie from Bama gets on the field and then find out how much rust he's got on him. Like St. Brown is the only target in Detroit and he is, it's not a problem. Everyone knows he's the only target and Jared Goff is finding him down the field. He's got some easy short, you know, medium throws, and then all the way down the field for the big bombs. I love what he brings. And Detroit, that defense still hasn't figured itself out, so there's a ton of passing going on with Jared Goff and, and that Detroit offense. So I'm going to say he's going to be a top five wide receiver this year. I mean, do you got some names you think would beat him out at the top five outside of someone like so, Diggs and Cup? Uh- I was going to say, so the names we have to compete with here, we've got Cup, we've got Diggs, we've got Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and then probably Tyree Kill is, is up there right now. Um, is do you who, who of that group do you think he, he ends up ahead of if, if, you, if you've got him in the top five? Devontae Adams. Okay. I think Tyreek, what he's shown, has proven someone was wrong, that he can do it with Tua, and Devontae Adams' numbers drop a little bit. He's still wide receiver one. Yeah. But I think Amano St. Brown's getting the more explosive numbers um, week to week. Yep. And he plays your Minnesota Vikings next week. So that'll be. will have explosive numbers again next week. (laughs) As we (laughs) saw from that Eagles offense, that's a good thing to be playing the Minnesota Vikings. Another spicy take is Jalen Hurts can take them Eagles to the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. It's not spicy anymore. That's everybody's Super Bowl pick now. Like, the Vikings played this shell defense. First, I was mad as a coach because I'm like, change it. It hasn't worked. They're Mm -hmm. keeping it in front. I'm like, and then hurt show I can pick you apart on medium throws. How how uh Jeez, Louise. How spiteful and, and uh, happy with that game do you think Mike Zimmer was at home going? Look at what <laughs> happens to your defense when I leave. <laughs> he was very happy. He was probably halfway <laughs> drunk through the first quarter. <laughs> All right. Uh then we're going to move on to our party question. Ooh. We haven't done this in a while. It's been a long time. Um but we're bringing it back and we're going to we're going to get a little emotional here. Yeah. I'm going to throw to you first, but the mm. the question is what movie made you cry? Oh, man, so many. I want to hear from you guys, too, so make sure you tell us. I love, the more embarrassing, the better. I love sitting around with a little bowl of ice cream, dipping it with some bonbons. <laughs> you know? bon- I don't even know what bonbons are. I hear about them. Yeah, but I don't they're know. like little cookie thingies. I don't know. A little box wine. Anyways, <laughs> I, I got two. All right. One everyone knows. Another one I had to put it because it's very embarrassing. But the first one, Pearl Harbor. I mean, you just, you, I even I knew what was going on in the movie. <laughs> Because I know history, but just watching it, you know. What's like the, the, is there a certain scene that gets you? Know, you? It, right at the end, the friend connection with those pilots, you know, and like they're at the hangar and got the coffins there and the flag hanging over and the buddy just looking over. I think he was married or dating the other guy's ex-girl or something. It was some love triangle that happened, but they were both crying over the, 
you know, the friend that put the ultimate sacrifice. That was the first movie that ever made me cry. All right. I was watching that younger. But the most embarrassing one happened freshman year of college. I wanted to watch a Christmas movie. I was back home for Christmas. I turned on Christmas Shoes. One of my favorite songs. Very sad. But that movie. Very sad. Movie may start making me cry, man. Kid running home. That's that that very well known song is playing. He's running back home, get those shoes. His mama dies, man. I mean, that was just rough. And my dad was coming downstairs. I still remember he I hear his footsteps and I'm like drying up my tears. And he's like, No, it's all right, man. That made me cry too. And I'm like, I ain't crying, Dad. What are you talking about? You know, I'm just just sweating in here. He's like, No, it's okay. Just let it out. I mean, getting getting like coached up to cry about my father. I was eighteen years old. But that yeah, that was that was a tearjerker right there, man. All right. Yours, I like yours. So, I don't cry at movies. I just don't cry, period, to be honest with you. I like, don't either. <laughs> my wife gets mad at me. Like, she was, like, really wanted me to cry on our wedding day, and I didn't cry. I just, I literally don't cry. Like, I could probably count on one hand the t- amount of times I remember crying in my That's whole entire life. That's always when you ended up fifth place going into the playoffs, right? Yeah. There, many of them are, are football related. <laughs> um, but the, four, the fifth one that was not um, was actually Fast and Furious six um mm. paul walker man <sighs> pour one out for paul walker i it, just the combo of the charlie puth song see you again and that connection that vin diesel and him had like yeah. it just it got me and i i couldn't help myself it was it was a sad sad moment that that movie made every man cry i'll say every grown man i know every man cried yeah yeah i so you're heartless if you, if you didn't cry in fast furious six but all right, well, let's move back on to another segment um, our, that's a staple in our regular season, the turntables. Ooh, turntables. And this one here, for those of you that haven't uh, been on our show before, by the way, if you're coming at us from a tutorial and you started you know, subscribing to our channel and checking out our stuff, we appreciate it. Hope you like this kind of content too, but also stick around. We do want to do more of those tutorial-based things. Um, but yeah, the turntables is, um, we're talking about a player who, you know, was on your bench that you need to elevate now into your starting lineup or a guy that's been in your starting bench that you might need to even drop or just, you know, sit him down for a little while because it's going to be rough over the next few weeks. Yeah, it's elevate or drop him. That's what I'm looking at. Are we elevating this guy in the starting lineup or, hey, time to put him on the back burner or off your team. Yep. You know, and it's it comes down to this hilarious. I was talking to my wife last night. She's like, what's you doing on your phone? It's like, it's waiver wire time. I got to get my claims in. <laughs> in the 29 leagues that I'm in. <laughs> and she's like, waiver wire? I was like, yeah, what's that mean? And she's like, let me, she's like, fantasy football. Anything she has no clue about, she just says fantasy football? I'm like, yes, you're right. Yep. But anyway, so your turntable guy, this this was probably everyone's priority pickup in week two. Yeah. What's it going into week three? What are you talking about? So I'm going to talk about Jeff Wilson. Um, we both got a positive one this week, but I think Jeff Wilson is a guy that you probably picked up last week when the injury happened. Um, but I think... Jeff Wilson now losing um, Tyrion Davis Price mm-hmm. is even more elevated. Um, he looked good, you know. The injury we haven't seen him too much post his injury last year. He had a knee injury, um, and I think that there's better days ahead in the Jimmy Garoppolo led 49ers offense. They can kind of get back into the groove that they had already been in, and you know Shanahan just produces top running backs. So I'm excited. I'm giving you the full confidence to one either put him into your starting lineup weekly um, and not be afraid of, you know, Jeff Wilson or two, go trade and get this guy. Like I think people are still underestimating what he can be. Um, And I just, to me, he's going to be a very solid RB two with RB one upside. So, and and this is 
while Elijah Mitchell is out or even when Elijah Mitchell comes back in like a month? No, it's it's while he's out. But knowing okay. Elijah Mitchell, I mean, he's not been able to stay healthy at all. He's just continued to be hurt. So I wouldn't expect – I'd be on the, the later side of that timeline of whatever they gave. And then, you know, hang on to Jeff Wilson the first few weeks because – Elijah Mitchell could get hurt again, and we could be yeah. right back in the situation. And the other positive is Jimmy G coming back at quarterback because he's not vulturing goal line carries for touchdowns. <laughs> as he got a touchdown last week. But. Well, <laughs> we all say that, but like it doesn't usually happen. Yeah, not as much as it will for Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance, that was the worry. We didn't see it because he went out too early. But, yeah, I love that. You know, we'll to, he's he's going to get those touchdown carries. My guy is uh, Garrett Wilson. A lot of people were offering him in trades around here in my many my many leagues as like throw-in pieces. But after watching watching two weeks, this guy is getting eight plus targets. I think he had double-digit targets this past week. Yeah, from a come-behind win for the Jets. But he is so smooth. That, that kid is good. Like, yes, there's Elijah Moore there. There's Corey Davis. But as long as Flacco's playing quarterback, Garrett Wilson has a ton of value. Well, that's what I was going to bring it to. So. You know, you asked me once Elijah Mitchell's back, well, what happens when Zach Wilson's back? Are you full confidence or do you want to maybe sit him and wait a week to see what happens? Or Zach, when Wilson comes back, when Zach Wilson comes back, you might have to play him one week and then you might have to see if you're scared. Might be just target opportunities is what you're looking. Flat, it's weird. During camp, the quarterbacks, when, when Wilson was out or something, they kept praising Flacco that he throws a very wide receiver friendly ball. Yeah. And what your starter doesn't? I don't understand. Then why does he your starter? If yeah, when it's, means, it's it's a good thing for your quarterback to throw catchable balls yeah, to you your want, wide receivers. Like that's a that's the primary job of a quarterback, <laughs> right? So while Flacco's in there, I think he's going to be great here. Um, for a, slide him in your flex. Hopefully you have better receivers than Garrett Wilson. Okay, on your team, but he's a, a flex start right now. That's what I wanted to ask you here. So I'm going to throw a few names out and see who you're comfortable starting him over. So are you at Elijah Moore? Below Garrett Wilson at this point, you think he's kind of taken over as the better fantasy option? Yeah, yeah Garrett Wilson rises above him. Yep. Okay, what about a guy who's at a hot start, Curtis Samuel? If you, you've got that decision, you could definitely Ooh. have these two guys on your team. I, I would I would go Garrett Wilson. I mean, Curtis Samuel is giving you great numbers, but Garrett Wilson's the favorite target when Curtis Samuel is the third favorite target. All right, and then a guy that's on my team who uh, I traded for and just been very disappointing so far, uh, DK Metcalf. Are you starting mm. Garrett Wilson over DK Metcalf? You shouldn't. <laughs> I really don't think you shouldn't. You you should start Garrett Wilson over DK Metcalf. But right now, yeah, until the Seattle offense shows that they can throw throw the ball past five yards. Yeah. All right, I think that's enough. But that shows you that yeah, in most situations here, you're going to be able to put Garrett Wilson into your lineup either in that flex or even as a wide receiver too if you're you're struggling. And take advantage of it early when Flacco's here, so he is great trade bait. Once. You know, Flacco has to take a seat, and people are just looking yeah. at numbers and production of the past couple of weeks. That might be the way to go if if you can get it, get a week ahead of the news of mm-hmm. you know Zach Wilson's coming in. Maybe throw out those trade offers after you've he's accumulated all these big numbers. Yeah. All right, and then we're gonna move on to some league talk. So Ooh, I don't want to. <laughs> I really don't want to, man. So it hasn't gone as well for for Chris in our league. Uh, but I'm curious, your thoughts just on the divisions in general, how you liking it. Have you seen any more of a kind of rivalry-based thing going on? What's your thoughts? Oh, definitely loving the Morgan and Tim matchup we had already. Yeah. Like, the smack talk. Tim just was quiet all through the weekend, and then he throws down, like, an ultimate mic drop thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm still your daddy, Morgan. That's what he said. (laughs) 
I beat you in everything. I think that's brought up some great ones for us. Um, LaRoyce. LaRoyce and Daniel had a <laughs> – so in our league, we you know, you have the little profile picture mm-hmm. and kind of under the radar. I noticed it earlier, but no one else did. I but didn't, no. Daniel had changed his photo. He went on Facebook and grabbed LaRoyce's son, and uh, it was a photo of his son and said – uh, don't beat me, daddy, or something oh, like that. It was so like, awful. It was like, oh, whoa, we're going. We went there. We're bringing children into this. I know. And then, so then LaRoyce, of course, with his artistic skills, had to fire back, and he made this ridiculous Photoshopped um, with all these different memes of ridiculousness with Daniel's face. And yeah. So it's great. I, I've, I've been enjoying it, too. Um, I, I think it's going to get real fun down the stretch when we get you know to the point where people are trying to get when to get in and... Uh, you're playing some of these uh, rivaled guys that you're trying to get that you know first spot in your league or in your division so that you can make it to the playoffs. We got to make ours a little more spicier. Our our, our division is not as great as here. When Laroyce is already trolling. I know. Meat Prince starting the week. I mean, it's it's awesome. We we need to start throwing some. It's true. Some trash I got talk. two Shone Rocks in here. We got to be able to find some way to make this. Spicy. Yeah, we both suck right now, so we can't <laughs> talk. So. Maybe I need a little win streak to start yeah, my trash just, talking. Yeah, I'm 2-0 oh against Shone Rock, so I'll take them in my division yeah. from now on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it seems like it. <laughs> All, right. All right. And then uh, some trades. Um, so we can talk about trades in general, um, but also specifically in our league. Um, was there any trades that you've seen so far that you kind of were shocked at? Some that have you know kind of flipped to where you thought maybe somebody had won the trade and then they it looks like they may not have. Um, is there any of them in there that – Kind of caught your attention. Oh man, I'm 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 have to scroll back and look up there. <laughs> All what right, was well, yours before? <laughs> I was gonna say I'll talk I'll talk about my trade. So I traded with Leroyce, um Ceh for DK Metcalf and Daryl Henderson. Um, I'd say it's probably about a wash at this point. Yeah. Um, Ceh still looks like the better player in that deal, but it was a two for one. I still have faith that DK can be at least a wide receiver three for me. Um, I, Hopefully, the upside of his athleticism, he can have some big boom games if he can rip off a big play, you know, down the field. Um, so I, I still have some faith in that. Henderson, um, there is always the cam scare, but I really do think that they're gonna continue unless unless Henderson does something to really lose this job. I don't think it's gonna be just handed to Cam Akers. Sounds like he's still in the doghouse. He is. It'll it will be a split either way, and I still like Henderson on a high powered offense. Um, it's the touchdowns haven't come yet, but he's been pretty good even without the touchdowns. So yeah, I mean, and then you got some like we had Dobbs and Mooney get swapped by two guys in our league. Yeah, that's a complete wash. None yeah. of those will have any relevancy except if Chicago figures out how to throw the ball. But what what's the number? Is it like less than seventeen pass attempts for Justin Fields in two games? Yeah. So Darnell Mooney's not worth anything to you right now. Um, that was one early trade where people were still trying to figure out Aaron Rodgers' number one target, and Mooney was like, "Hey, he's got to be the you know number one receiver in Chicago." But no, that's the other Saint Brown brother right now. Yeah. Uh, don't get me on Cole Komet not showing up either. Is there <laughs> another trade you want to talk here? Uh, I mean, we can talk if you if we want to rub it more in LeRoyce's face. Um, I <laughs> our, our trade mixing for Kamara. I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. Yeah, broken rib, man. Come on. <laughs> That's true. I can't, <laughs> I can't take all the credit when uh, his guy's been hurt, so that it's not really a fair comparison yet at this point. But let's talk some trade advice here, even from our league or just some of our outside uh, people. Um, are you are you looking actively to trade for running back help, knowing how slim it is right now with waiver wires? It looks like if you did not get lucky in 
getting productive running backs here the first two weeks. Like, CEH is more productive than Dalvin Cook right now. Yeah. Like, names like that. So it was kind of a hodgepodge if you look at where some of these guys were taken. Are you panicking with your top-tier guys like a Dalvin Cook? Or we talked about Derrick Henry earlier. Are you wanting to trade those guys away right now for other pieces? Uh, I think it's going to depend on who your trade partner is. So if you have a trade partner who is seeing Dalvin Cook as that top three potential, I think Dalvin Cook's the one I feel best about. I think I'll talk about three guys. You've got Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, and Dalvin Cook. They're kind of the three guys who've really underwhelmed, um, and you're probably freaking out about if you drafted them in the first round. Um, so if Dalvin Cook's the one I feel most confident about, he's one that I probably will just trade for. I don't think that I'm going to find a situation where someone's higher than I am on him. So I no. just hold and, and let them figure it out. It's a new offense. Um, they're going to figure it out, I think. And Dalvin is still Dalvin. So I, I, I still feel good about that. Now, Eckler does scare me a little bit. They are definitely taking him off the field more. Um, you're seeing a lot of these. Sony Michelle is getting mixed in at the goal line. Um, so That's where real if, NFL's coming into our fantasy world. They're like, we need Eckler to win playoff games in the real NFL world. We're going to hold off on him. So if you are if you have somebody who still believes he can be that top three guy, he was often drafted as the third running back, then I would trade him away just because I'm scared that he's now just more like a low-end running back one. Mm. But there's people that will definitely be freaking out completely and say, you know, I'll trade away him to A.J. Dillon for Austin Eckler or something like that. Um, I think that's a deal you could get done, and I would do it still at this point. I do think Eckler has enough of a baseline with the catch work. I've seen enough plays to where he still looks like he has plenty to give. Um, And I think when it comes down to when they need to win games, they're going to use Austin Eckler. You kind of saw that at the end of the Chiefs game, and they started getting more involved. So that's one that I would go for. And then um, the third name, Derrick Henry, he's probably one. Uh, that I'm just going to trade away based on the name because I think there will be people that think it's going to get better enough and you could trade him um, for like a Javante Williams maybe. Maybe you could go get Javante Williams. I would still do that. I think there's better days ahead for Javante, whereas I think the ceiling for uh, Derrick Henry is now capped. So that may seem like a hot take, but to me, I think down the stretch, you're going to be a little happier with Javante Williams if he starts to earn a little bit more of that and the Broncos' offense actually starts to click. He's not killed you yet, um, Javante, but he hasn't popped off to where you could probably go get him cheap. It's that sweet spot where people are looking at opportunities. And you could probably get get more than Javante. You you could get Derrick Henry plus a Garrett Wilson or something. Yeah. Now, talking about Garrett Wilson, something I want to talk about, receivers are running really deep here at the beginning of the year. You're looking at 40 even – yeah, maybe see 40 receivers that you can be like, I'm not mad about. And that can help you. If you can package and go after someone that needs some, that just was awful at the wide receiver draft, which I don't know how you could be, but those are pieces that you can put together in packages. Now, don't give me some low ball guys, you know, like a, like a Zay Jones in there. But if you got some wide receiver depth, use that for pieces to help you get that other running back or... Or a superstar. Superstar, but before we jump in... I want to ask you, never mind, I won't ask you that. I'll jump into that segment. But receivers, when it comes to depth, do you want to package these guys for a better tight end? Because this tight end league is looking Ooh, bad so after two names. If you can get one of the two, or, th- or th- I'd say Darren Waller has kind of surprised us to where. Okay. Or I would buy low on Kittle, too, at this point. I know it's a scary thing because he's not played yet. But if you can get somebody to trade you, you know, a, you know, Zacherts or Tyler Higbee, 
or even like a Friar Muth is probably that one's a little scarier because I think Friar Muth is going to be pretty solid this year. I think so too. So you may not want to make that swap quite yet. Um, but if you can go get a Derek Henry or a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey, absolutely go package some of these wide receivers and go get them. Um, but outside of that, I'm not I'm not playing that game. I'm just going to keep picking up off a of waiver wire, f- playing the matchups, trying to find somebody that I can stick in there because they're they're all the same after those top three. I mean, it's just. Even Kyle Pitts is in that category now. I was going to ask you, are you going to panic and try to trade him away, see if there's still I, value? I would. Yeah. It, well, I was never in on on Kyle Pitts, so I don't know if I'm a great one to ask. Mm-hmm. But I would, yeah, I'd run, man. I, I'm not feeling good about the way they're using him. And, and that's the thing, using. I, I think he's a great talent. They just they don't feel like they want to win games and throw a ball to their best player. Drake London's awesome as a young rookie going in there, but Kyle Pitts is your man. Yeah, and, and the way – don't hear what I'm not saying with that. I do think that you need to get good value for him, like – someone should still view him as a top five tight end. Like you're not going to just trade him away for nothing, but there'll be someone in the league who might think that he can still be, you know, in that Kelsey Andrews tier. And I just don't see that now. Yeah. Find that guy. (laughs) Make the, otherwise hold on to him because I do think there are better days ahead. I mean, this is the worst it'll be for him. Hope so. I got him in a few leagues. (laughs) (laughs) You fell for it. I sure did. All right. And then, um, yeah, I think that's all I had for today. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about specifically? Uh, no, I just don't panic yet. Going into week three, make the smart moves. Don't do anything you regret, like trading away now and cut anyways. Guys <laughs> like that, just don't do anything you would regret because you're panicking after two weeks. Yeah, it, we're, the worst you can be right now is 0-2. In two weeks, you can be 2-2. Two and two. I mean, it's... Right back in the mix. It's not we're not at pack panic point yet. I mean, I'm honestly not panicking on my team until I'm about 0 and 4, 0 and 5. Then I'm starting to be like, okay, I've got to make some drastic high upside moves to try to work my way back into this. But at this point, 0 and 2, right now we're just figuring out who's good, who's not, and yeah. then maybe start to... I also say to like be careful with trades in the beginning. I, I've been bad at this myself just because the trading is so much fun. But so much fun. if you it's can addictive. hold off a little bit, we still don't know what defenses are dominant and what are kind of cakewalks so it's really hard to say you know Amon Ra may fizzle out because he just played two easy cake um secondaries maybe but or not so it's yeah. just kind of wait on those if you're going to make those big moves especially with guys that we came into with confidence in the first couple rounds don't just be quick to pull the eject button um just wait and see give them a few more weeks wait week three or four then maybe you can start to be like okay I think we know enough now that we can make those moves yeah. So, well, that's it, guys. We have for you coming off of week two, heading to an exciting week three of football. And uh, until next time, deuces. Well, oh, I flipped the script on you too many times in there. Did you see the? Uh...